Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's one thirty-four in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott for you. We will tell you Royal Pizza is still making a great multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. And speaking of Royal Pizza, they are proud to support 630 Cheds Santa's Anonymous. Right now at all Edmonton Royal Pizza locations, there are Santa's Anonymous boxes where you can make donations. Plus, Royal Pizza currently has the festive special where you can purchase a $50 gift card uh, and a $10 bonus coupon. Royal Pizza still making it great. Royal Pizza with multiple locations in the city of Edmonton. To serve you the staffer recommendation, Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. We're going to deviate away a bit uh, from uh, the call in last night's game. We'll circle back to it at about 147-148 and the Oilers play Edmonton and Anaheim tomorrow. There's still a few tickets available. It's our next-gen game tomorrow as well. Uh, we're going to have some youngsters uh, even uh, providing undoubtedly uh, significantly, infinitely better uh, uh, broadcast uh, quality as well are going to jump in the booth and help us out. We're looking forward to that. Uh, we head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, and we are pleased to be joined uh, by one of the biggest agents in the business from the Sports Corporation. We welcome back to the show, Jerry Johansson. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Uh, happy holidays and all that stuff. Yes, same to you. Hey, uh, look, I, I know you would have seen Gary Bettman's just before we get to, you know, your kids in the world juniors and maybe how far in advance you start discussing uh, concepts for player extensions. Um, Gary Bettman had the Board of Governors meetings uh, this past week and, uh, you know, said there's still some money left uh, from the escrow that needs to be paid off to make the owners whole, and there may only be a million-dollar increase. Elliot Friedman's not necessarily buying that. Uh, how closely do, do the agents follow news like that involving the potential uh, cap and the fact that there may only be a $1 million increase? Because it's been pretty flat the last couple of years, hasn't it, Jerry? It has, yeah. We follow pretty close. I mean, we take, you know, our ultimate guidance comes from the PA. They do a nice job of, uh, you know, triple checking everything. But uh, the good news is we've been used to getting pounded on the cap, so it hasn't gone up. So even a million dollars seems like Christmas. Yeah. So, you know, we're sort of, I think a lot of the downward pressure, the flat caps and built in already to it. So, you know, I think any kind of increase is probably a positive for what it's worth. Now, we are seeing like like a team like Vegas with Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, they seemingly, Tampa Bay is another team, and they've got some advantages tax-wise and those sort of things. 
but they're in on a lot of big players, but they're high-lowing their teams, right? Like they're they don't they don't have those middle zone price guys. They, yeah. Are we seeing a bit of the elimination of the, the you know sort of a middle class or middle tier player salary wise in the league because of the uh, limited cap uh, growth over the last couple of years? Well, we talked about that like in '04 during the lockout when this hard cap came in. We always did. that was the narrative that the the middle tier player is going to uh, you know sort of the pressure is going to be on the middle tier salary guy. So you know it's it's actually shockingly taken a long time. You know, and just God bless the best players. They could get more money if they wanted to, but some of them decide to take less for the team, you know. So it's like you look in football and some of these guys are making 40 or $50 million a year. So, you know, but there is certainly pressure. I mean, it puts the, it, you know, and it puts pressure on term, a, a couple of different things. Certainly, the, you know, the GMs have a little trickier time. They got to sign their best players and they got to fill up their roster. That's a, that's a tricky one. Yeah, Jerry Johansson. Well, as you know, Jerry, in the NFL's case, contracts are non-guaranteed. Though that being said, there's a guarantee for the best players. They often get a high percentage of guaranteed salary. Even a guy like uh, Deshaun uh, Watson, who you know had several charges against him, uh, I was surprised how much he got guaranteed. All right, just before we get to the World Junior stuff, because it's a it's been it's a bumper crop for you for the World Juniors. the orders have a couple players here. Um, you know, Octagon's got Leon Dreisaitl. He's up in a couple of years. Jeff Jackson has Connor. He's up in three years. Uh, in your experience, how far out do agents start talking to GMs about, you know, is it something that happens in, in the final year and a half? Or what's what's the window and the mechanism that takes place in terms of, you know, when you negotiated the longer-term extension for Carey Price, as an example, in Montreal, how far, you know, how far out were you looking there? That's actually a really good question. If I think about it, actually, we sort of talk to the team all the time. The communication never really, you know, it, it it never really stops or starts and it sort of bleeds into a contract. You know, a lot of things with, you know, with the best players is what does the team look like and what kind of concerns might the player have, if any, you know, so, you know, there's, there, it's sort of a continuing conversation, you know, that uh, I'm sure that, you know, Ken's having with those two guys for sure. And their agents, you know, and it's just about the, you know, how did the, how is the team evolving? What's the picture look like? And I think when you're, you know, trying to sign your best players, you're trying to show them that you're on the right track, the future is bright, and here's what we're trying to do. Is the you have Braden Point as an example? He signed on in a, uh, I'm doing the math here, an eight-year deal at nine and a half million bucks. Um, it, is the tax advantage? You've got Price in Montreal, Quebec, as we know, has a high provincial tax. Uh, is it that significant between point in a non-tax state jurisdiction versus carry price in a highly uh, uh, taxed uh, provincial jurisdiction? Yeah, well, actually, from a pure dollar perspective, it's pretty significant, no question. You know, but really, I think it comes down to what the player wants to do. You know, and most of the players, you know, if, if they if they sign long term with a club, they want to know that the team's going to be competitive. So, you know. God bless these guys. They're generally pretty understanding about what a team's trying to accomplish. And I think if you're talking to your best player, you're trying to show them how he fits, what the plan is, and, you know, where we're going from here kind of thing. And so, you know, the dollars are important, but they're just one part of it. It's an important part, don't get me wrong, but it's not a pure dollar thing. I think, you know, players want to be 
part of success. And, you know, especially if you've been there a long time, like Kerry, you know, he's really invested in Montreal. He always has been. His family grew up there. So it was his home. So, you know, the team that has the player generally has the advantage if they play their cards right. Jerry, have you ever, like, Jerry Johansson joining us, he's got Kerry Price, Braden Point, uh, Brendan Gallagher, Colton Pareko, Josh Morrissey, uh, Kirby Dock. you got a lot of guys in Montreal. Kirby Do- Brett Kulak of the Edmonton Oilers. Carson Susay, there's a name I was kind of interested in. Uh, yes. Do you ever, like, you got a guy like Elvis Merzlitschkins, okay? He's in Columbus. He's going through a tough time. Would you reach out to Columbus and, and say, hey, is there, a, is there a goalie flip that might, like, do those sort of conversations exist here? Yeah, I, I you know, it, it's one of the tricks in our business is we're involved but you really can't do the other guy's job. And Ken Holland's awesome. He, he, his line is, don't do my job, which I love him for it. It's great. So we, let's just say we have lots of good suggestions. But, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> I mean, like with Elvis, we've, I've talked to Columbus a lot, uh, with John Davidson, actually. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Elvis is just going through a little bit of a tough time. I think he's coming out of it. But you see that with players. And, and a lot of times there's opportunity there. You, if you have a really good player, they generally will struggle at different times. Certainly Kerry did. And, uh, you know, if I look at all our best players, they do have tough moments. So you're just trying to manage what, you know, how do you get them out of it? And you're always keeping your eye on the market. And sometimes a change is necessary, not necessarily in Elvis' case, but, you know, you're always thinking about that. Uh, Jerry Johansson and the Sports Corporation currently have, according to Puckpedia, $111 million in uh current contracts, that's active contracts, and the total value of those contracts, if you factored in the term length, is in excess of $580 million. All right, uh, Jerry, what a year, like a huge, like you're an old WHL player yourself. Uh, I think there's 11 WHL either grads, because there's a couple guys up like Gunther that are up with Arizona right now, but 11 guys from the WHL and the World Junior Team, and you have five of them. It's got to be pretty exciting for you guys. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, the World Juniors is a fun event. It's really such a tough team to make. Like, you know, I look at the guys that we have that are on the team, but then you look at the guys that didn't make it. I mean, you could arguably, I've always said, you could have two Canadian teams, and your second team could just as likely win the gold medal as the first team. You know, so, you know, there is a there is some subjectivity to the selection process, but certainly for the five guys that we have on the team, it worked out in their favor. Yeah, you've got two of them are local kids. We'll get to them in a second. You've got Logan Stankoven, who was a star for Team Canada this past summer in the conclusion of the, I guess, ultimately, what was the 2021 World Juniors. Do you think if he played for any other team uh, but the Dallas Stars, who also own Kamloops, do you think he'd be in the NHL right now? Well, Tom Gillardi is a good friend of mine. He owns Dallas so we and Kamloops, so we bug him about that every week. <laughs> we So, yeah, he's hearing it from us. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I tell the kids, that there's no really rush to get there. Like, you yeah. know, obviously you want to be ready. Like you look at Seth Jarvis that was ready to play in Carolina, and I think Logan's on the right track. So, you know, patience is a tricky part of this business. You, you'd rather get there and be ready than get there a little early. So I think with Logan, to have the role he has on Kamloops and this opportunity with the World Juniors, I think it's going to be really good for him. He'll right. be there soon enough. You got a, a couple uh, local products uh, amongst the five guys that you represent out of uh, Western Canada that made the World Junior team. Uh, one of them's uh, Kirby Doc's younger brother, Colton. How do you pronounce, is it Ostapachek? 
I say Ostpachuk. Ostpachuk? Ostpachuk. But I say it different every time. But Zach, I usually just say Zach. Okay. Because that's so, an easy one. So Zach right, knows so got, what I'm talking to. <laughs> you you got to be happy that those two. I mean, uh, Colton's sort of been overshadowed a little bit about by Kirby. He was a third overall pick and having a pretty good year. It's been a good trade for Kirby. I'm still not sure what Chicago was doing there. But yeah. uh, anyhow, uh, happy for those kids as well, eh? Well, they're good, yeah. They're, and, and I mean, I think with, with World Juniors, they do a shadow roster, right? So they're not necessarily taking, they're looking for players to fill particular roles. And certainly with Zach and Colton, I mean, they're both 6'4 and can skate. And I mean, they'd be good on any team. So, yeah, they're, they're doing their best to fill out their, their depth on that team. And those guys are good fit. So I'm really happy for them. Okay. And uh, one final one for you, because you are an old school WHL guy. Yes. Uh, you were, is it fair to say, uh, limited in your role when you played? Limited would be an overstatement, but I prefer limited. That's the best compliment I've had about my career, Bob, uh, so I appreciate that. Jerry, at least you were good <laughs> enough to play in the WHL. The guy you you're talk- go. Exactly. The guy you're talking to when he was 14 was tracking that way, and by the time he was 16, had no chance. So, oh, boy. I think you could. If you had a better agent, you would have been there. Okay. I remember that. I don't think they had agents back then. For <laughs> I don't 14. think so either. Uh, <laughs> I, but uh, I got out because, you know, there, the WHL, Jerry, used to have a reputation of having hard-nosed, tough teams. You got two kids in Seattle. One's the goalie, Milich, and then the other one is Kevin Korchinski, who went seventh overall to Chicago. But uh, Bill LaForge Jr., that is a tough hockey club he has built. In Seattle. Oh, it's a bit of a throwback team, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Bill. And Bill Jr., I, we had some great conversations. He told me the other day, apparently I cut him from Tri-Cities when I was coaching there. I don't recall that. So, anyway, Bill and I have to have a coffee or a beer or something, and we have to drill down on this. But working with his dad was was a, a really cool moment in my career, for sure. Yeah, and uh, but, man, they got, a, they got a tough squad. They got some good players. I think they'll, good. they'll be pretty good. Yeah. W- one more thing for you. Uh, have you done any advanced work for the upcoming WHL? Because unlike, you know, I think in Ontario, they start sort of targeting kids at 14 and a half, 15. Uh, the agents there because they've got a midget draft, but we have a Bantam draft in Western Canada for the yeah. WHL. Um, and there's a, a how much advanced work gets done on that front? Yeah, well, actually, if you have a young son in a Bantam draft, it's it's a pretty big deal, actually, legitimately. So you know, kids do need advice. So we're right in the middle of the Bantam draft. So we have a couple of really good, good young players. Keaton Verhoff, a Fort Saskatchewan kid, lives on the same street as the Doc family, so I don't know what's going on on that street, but yeah. it's working good. Yeah. But just a great young player, and uh, we have Mathis Preston, a, a young guy from D.C. who's a, a top prospect, So and lots of other guys, too. So it's a, it's really fun. It's really interesting for the players. They get, you know, it's a it's a big uh, sort of crossroads in their career. So it's uh, we're quite involved in that. All right, and your firm, you know, had the two Savoys, and one went NCAA. Carter, who's with the Oilers farm team down in Bakersfield, and the other you had Colton Pareko. You got Colton Pareko. He went NCAA. So you don't steer all the guys to the WHL, do you? No, yeah, no. There's there's you know most of the kids, the best kids, a lot of times go to the Western League because it's the opportunities right in front of them. But the uh, NCAA, we've consistently had players there forever. And like you, you mentioned, you know, Susie and Pareko both, you know, done really good. And Carter Savoy, obviously an Edmonton Oiler prospect, and he's done really well. So it's a, it's a, you know, sort of different strokes for different folks, but both options are legitimate. And I'll leave the listeners with this. Jerry, one of the first conversations we had was over Ian McDonald. 
who was a third yeah. overall pick in the WHL Bantam draft, is a 20-year-old. He finished third in the Western League in scoring. And you followed up twice during his rookie season at the Alberta Golden Bears to check in to see how he was playing. And I thought to myself, there's an agent who's never going to make any money off of Ian McDonald, and he's checking to make sure his guys looked after. I thought that was pretty cool. Well, I appreciate it. Well, working with the kids is the most fun part. Where the, and, you know, a, a lot of them are successful. They're all successful, to be frank. Ian is a good example, you know, but it's it's really the fun part of the business is working with these young guys. So it's it's always a pleasure to do that. Have a great run uh, watching your guys uh, perform in the World Juniors. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. You bet. That is Jerry Johansson from the Sports Corporation. Uh, 149 in Edmonton. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I just looked. Brendan, of course, you know I didn't actually go this far down the path to check the advance on what this day in winter's history is. It's pretty memorable. Uh, Yeah, we're going to get to that when we come back in Oilers now. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, everybody. It's 152 in Edmonton. Brendan, what was the biggest thing you got out of that conversation with Jerry Johansson when he talked about how much advance work gets done in negotiating extensions? Relationships take maintenance long-term. Long-term. Those discussions are ongoing. Do you want to mention Japanese Village for 50 years, Edmonton's destination for the celebration for the census? Reserve today at jvedmonton.ca. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Okay, uh, we are going to do this. I'm going to read a text, and then we're going to get to the stay in water's history. This text comes in. Bob, I hate to say it, but it's time to sacrifice Broberg and get an upgrade. Uh, they're having him only play eight minutes a game. It's not good for the team, and an upgrade is to sacrifice him. This team has a window to win now and in the next couple of years. Waiting for him to be a regular in the NHL and play 20 minutes a night is two to three years away and will be a moot point by once Connor and Leon's contracts are up. Also, I think the right side needs to upgrade it, having both Barry and Bouchard. They're the same player, and consistency or lack thereof is lacking at best. I, I Well, I, I, I can't foresee a scenario where both a Bouchard and a Broberg would get traded. I wouldn't trade Bouchard. You might you might have a point on needing to accelerate the process here because you are on the clock. Oh, wow. I remember this day well. I was on another station at another time, another place, and I liked the guy a lot. He was a way... I, I know people have their own opinions and they think they know what, what happened you don't. Uh, let's go to List Day in Oilers History, brought to you by New West Travel. Give the gift to travel and join Oilers now in Vegas in January to see uh, the Oilers play the Golden Knights. You can reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. 
2003, the Oilers trade away Mike Comrie to Philadelphia for Jeff Waywitka, first-round pick in the 2004 draft and a third-round pick in 2005. The first-round pick turned out to be Rob Shrimp. The Oilers ultimately brought Mike Comrie back. There were people that made comments about Mike that were categorically false. Um, his teammates liked him. He was a good guy, uh, skilled, uh, undersized, and was not timid. You know, he would stand up and protect himself a bit out in the ice. It ended uh, the first time poorly for Mike, and, you know, he, he had a window. where He had a decent six or seven, eight-year NHL career where he scored 30 goals a couple times. But that fall, the, and Comrie was represented by Rich Winter. Rich has, I think it's fair to say, a different style than a guy like Jerry Johansson. And... Uh, but Rich, you know, facilitated something on behalf of the Comrie family, and Mike was ultimately traded, as we all know. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports Night. What's he got shaking? It's a busy show. In fact, I'm going to be talking to Zach. I'm going with Ostopchuk. Okay. Ostopchuk. Are you hosting the show tonight? I'm not hosting, but I am going to be hosting this one segment here. I'm going to be talking with him in a little bit. And then we're looking at, of course, a wild Oilers game last night. You'll also hear, this is an exciting one, from a, a former FIFA official, Dave Ganter, who's actually from Edmonton. He's done some uh, Gold Cup games, that sort of thing. So Reed going to get clarification on VAR and and all, all sorts of stuff. And and, and how much uh, certain members of CONCACAF bought off officials? Oh, I'm just kidding. I suspect <laughs> not. <laughs> Watch the documentary, you might learn about it. Yeah, you know, that Jack Warner fella. Is that his name? Is that a... Yeah. 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 Wow, eh? Chuck, Chuck Glazer. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, well, he's no longer with us. All right. Great song, by the way, by a guy who's no longer with us. We'll have the Oilers and the Ducks tomorrow, 12.30 face-off show with Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, myself, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, and Brendan Escott. 2 p.m. puck drop. Uh, it's the dad's trip, so uh, we're all flying commercially. Brendan, you're going to be hosting a couple shows next week because I'm going to be flying. Uh, but I'll be with you on Monday when the Oilers have a return engagement with the Nashville Predators. I have a feeling the Oilers are going to be bringing it tomorrow against Anaheim. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Up next, the global news, weather, traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Angela Coquat. And then 6.30, Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye.